Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Fight fans, fight fans, fight fans. Are you still out there? I hope so. I'm coming to you, Dan Kenobio, here from my apartment in New York City, Brooklyn, to be exact. I am safe, I am healthy, and I'm bringing you another edition of Inside Boxing Lab, a very special edition of uh, the program here. Current Batia, Ask the Experts podcast host and a uh, current guest here on Inside Boxing Live, will be joining us for our standing eight count. We're going to try to keep you with some normalcy as we navigate through some absolutely crazy times uh, in the world. And listen, you're not going to get uh, any news here. You're not going to tell you anything you don't already know. Uh, but one thing I will tell you to get through the times, or at least what has been helping me through this, is finding distractions every day. Find, do something for at least an hour or two every day where you don't have to think about what's going on in the world. You don't have to think about your health or your family's health or your friend's health, uh, whether it's uh, you know working out, exercising, even doing this show right here, uh, doing these IG live chats that I've been doing have really helped uh, get your mind off things for a little bit. And then you can go back to the news or go back to staying informed with everything. That is uh, the, my rant is over. And that's everything you're going to hear uh, about the coronavirus and, and everything because we can really get bogged down uh, with all that. In terms of boxing world, we're still going to do our show. We're still going to try to bring it to you every every chance we get. You know, um, as the weeks go on, we're going to see less and less news. Uh, I hope that's not the case. I think we're going to see a trend here with fights being announced for no venues, uh, no dates. We don't know if uh, crowds will be there, but I think we're going to see that. And we're starting to see that uh, a little bit more. Uh, the PBC canceled all events through May. That is uh, not really shocking. Uh, that just lets you believe that, you know, Tiafimo Lopez versus Lomachenko, obviously not happening uh, on May 30th. But you move forward here uh, with the schedule. There were some news and notes last week. Canelo Triple G is now moved to September 12th. I think there's the theory behind this. I think that the promoters are coming together and they're saying, all right, listen, uh, Triple G, you're not fighting your mandatory Canelo. Uh, maybe you'll fight BJ Saunders, maybe not in June. But one thing is for certain, you're getting this fight, this trilogy in September. We have to make back our money. You guys need to make your money. Fans want to watch it. We need more subscriptions to the zone. So that is a trend that I think is going to continue to happen. Uh, with Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury, obviously got pushed to the fall. That's not really shocking news as well. I didn't think it was going to happen in July, no matter what. Uh, so they'll fight in the fall. They'll figure that out when it comes along. There's more rumors, though. Jamel Charlo versus Arislandi Lara. Sign me up for that. I would pretty much take two bums fighting in the street, put them in a ring. I would watch it. I would count the punches for copy bucks. I would want to watch fights, and I think that's something we're going to see uh, moving forward here. Chocolatito and Estrada, uh, you know, those types of rumors are going to come out, and we're going to see more and more rumors uh, joining us. But here we have a jam-packed show. Uh, current body is coming up with standing eight cap. But most importantly, I think everyone out there, needs a laugh we need to laugh right now so here it is the best of mean tweets let's read some mean tweets what do you say i'm ready let's go eddie hearn loves a turtleneck the big gem tart this is true as well uh, i do love a turtleneck am i a big gem tart probably yeah no i respect that as well it says barbarum looking like this stereotypical old man that walks around vegas and plays slots for hours well i i you know i haven't played a slot machine 20 years. So 
That ain't me. Danny Garcia trimmed his eyebrows. He could fight in a lightweight. <laughs> That's a good one. But no, I can't. Trust me. I got, I got hairier spots in my body. That's exciting. Find a man that looks at you like Eddie Han looks at Andy Joshua. <laughs> He's thinking, just make sure that money's in the account, son. <laughs> I think Andy Ruiz has literally stopped part has not stopped partying since the Joshua fight. This has got to be the longest celebration I can recall in pro sports. Last one. You know what? The last celebration I had was in my new mansion that I just bought. That's a little bit over the top. Andy Garcia about to get back to Philly and sell some cars with that H&M turtleneck. <laughs> I made the turtleneck famous, bro. Don't hate. You feel me? Imagine breaking up with your girlfriend, then she's chilling with Anthony Joshua. Listen, I don't know where this reputation has stemmed from, but I'm a loyal man. I'd never do that. Bob Arum is so old, he promoted the crucifixion, and he'll still be around to promote the resurrection. I don't know what the hell that means. I'm Jewish. I don't know about crucifixions. Anthony Joshua is a right effing beast. Oh. Andy Joshua is a right effing bellend. <laughs> I just saw B.E. and I thought, yeah, that's B's there. These are a lot of tweets. Sheesh. Good thing I know how to read. <laughs> okay, Curran, we're going to jump into this standing eight count. I know it's not the uh, biggest thing going on in the world right now, but boxing fans want content, and we're going to give it to you. Uh, we're trying to come up with some positives, trying to make this a positive show and in this post-corona boxing world, what could be some positives that to come out of this? And I'll start it off by saying, hopefully, after having two to three months off, that's what we think, boxing fans can be a little more grateful and kind of like not take for granted what we have in this beautiful sport, complain less, enjoy the fighters, enjoy good fights. Easier said than done, but that's just one thing I hope to see out of this from a boxing fan's perspective. Another thing is uh, from the actual matches and the matchmaking is maybe we'll see more activity out of fighters. Maybe we'll see, uh, not maybe the Canelos, but maybe guys more like Tiafimo, that level, or or even like a Shakur Stevenson, or even lower, fighting more often, fighting two, three more times. It's only going to be what we hope is six more months remaining on, on the schedule to get in more fights. Maybe we see more activity. Uh, maybe we see better matchmaking. Uh, but most of all, I hope that we, we don't take for granted the sport that we all love and we come to appreciate it a, a little bit more in, in these trying times. Yeah, I mean, it definitely makes you appreciate it when you don't have it, right? How badly would you want to see any live fight right now? So I think positives that could come out of this is that hopefully later on this year, we'll get some of the better matchups, right? Because these fighters have been on the shelf for a while and it's there's no reason to say X can't fight Y because... It's not like why fighter just fought, right? No one just fought. It's like a clean slate in a way. So everyone's available to be set up in a big matchup. At the same time, you have to look at the, the only thing that would keep someone out to be available in the fall would be if they had an injury, right? And on top mm -hmm. of that, networks and promoters, right? There's They probably lost a lot of money during this time. They'll probably continue to lose a lot of money. There's no live boxing. There's no live gate, of course, from these big arenas. So they're probably going to want to recoup that investment. The best way to do that is put up the best matchups possible. We have one of those, hopefully, in Canelo versus Triple G later this year. So let's hope that some of these mega fights come together for the second half of 2020. Yeah, I had Mike Coppinger on one of my IG live chats, and he says there are a lot of fights out there that are finalized but not going to be announced because they don't know the venue, they don't know where it's going to be, they don't know how people, they don't know how people are going to if, are going to be allowed in, into the crowd. 
But you're right. Yeah, I think there's a lot of things that we can take positive out of this. Maybe uh, better judging if it is empty arenas. Maybe uh, the right. judges won't be so swayed by the, the the crowd. But going back to talking about how you know some fighters might be freed up, uh, I think that's an interesting thing too. Because I had also talked to Regis Progre yesterday. He also he had a fight, of course, with Maurice Hooker lined up. But who's to say three months from now, four months from now, he doesn't get uh, a bigger fight? Who doesn't say he fights Jose Ramirez? Who doesn't uh, go to say that you know he fights one of the other champions or Josh Taylor? You know, there's so many things going on, and I think the fact that Canelo Alvarez and Triple G I had a theory behind that is that they announced that fight because, you're right, these promoters have to make back their money, so we're going to have to make the biggest possible fights. That could be something to look forward to in 2020. And and real quick, I just want to add that older fighters now have a chance to rest and recover. If you look at a Triple G or like a Kovalev, they don't have to fight in the beginning of this year. They can recover and then come back later this year. So I think that might be a good thing for, you know, shop-worn type fighters. Round two here. So everyone in the world is dealing with this global pandemic, of course. So right now, what can promoters do? What can't they do? So here's something they can do. They can still announce fights. You can still have fight contracts with tentative dates, maybe floating dates. Obviously, you have to have an arena in place. And I know you talked to Mike Coppinger about that, Dan. You can still promote your fighters. Shout out to producer Jay. I think he's been uh, talking about this for a while. Let's, let's do social media content, digital content. Let's do content around our fighters and help promote them. So those are some of the things that promoters can do right now to keep boxing fans engaged. Yeah, I actually saw something on Twitter uh, just today when I looked at my phone. Virgil Ortiz is going to be doing an IG Live where he plays his guitar. I think that's great. I think we're going to see more uh, promoters be creative when it comes to content, you know, putting things out there. I've been doing these IG Lives, and it's just a way to to keep the conversation going, to check in with people. People want normalcy from a content uh, side of things. And even Eddie Hearn got into the mix and did a few IG Lives, and those produced some really cool things. And Tyson Fury as well showed his house right now, which is a romper room. There's kids everywhere. I think a lot of parents – uh, can relate to that. But, you know, looking, you were looking at just shorthand of things uh, that promoters can do. I'm going to look at the bigger picture. And when we come back to boxing and what promoters, uh, I think that we'll, we'll have to do is I don't think that promoters can lo- put on bad pay-per-views anymore. I don't think that pay-per-views. Interesting. I'm curious about pay-per-views in general. I don't think the Leo right. Santa Cruz, you know, not to pick on them, but Leo Santa Cruz versus Javante Davis for $75 when we're in a, a recession, when we're in tough economic times. I don't think people are going to be willing to, to plunk down money like that. I think streaming services like DAZN, streaming services like ESPN Plus, will turn out to be a better bargain. I always thought they were a better bargain to begin with. Uh, maybe free putting bigger fights on regular Fox instead of putting them on, on pay-per-view will be something like that. Also, I think promoters are going to have to work together a little bit more. We saw Wilder and Fury with that did. It created a lot of money and it created a lot of general interest. So hopefully promoters will say, you know what, let's make the biggest fights Let's uh, make the most money we possibly can. Let's give fans at home more bang for their buck. Because let's be honest, boxing fans have been, uh, you know, taking advantage of some of the most taken advantage of, uh, you know, fans there is in, in boxing. There's no other sport that you have to pay to watch the, the premium stuff out there. You know, it's paying to watch the Super Bowl. You just simply get the Super Bowl. So it's gonna a lot of different ways people are gonna think. Uh, in this post-corona world, but just keeping it to a boxing thing, maybe we'll see bigger and better fights and uh, maybe less pay-per-views. No, I think that's exactly right. Because of the economic impacts of this, right, that's going to change the way people spend their money. So what does that mean? Like you said, you can't just do the $70, $80 pay-per-view once a month anymore. It's going to have to be a variable type pricing. It might be a subscription model with a, let's say a $20 to $30 pay-per-view. Things are going to have to change because the unemployment rate is skyrocketing, as we know, the economic consequences, as we know. 
So it'll be interesting to see the adjustments people make. It's almost like boxing never really had an off season, right? This is the first time that we have an off season. So it'll be interesting to see how uh, the adjustments that people make. You're right. Never had an off season. I think this is like from a someone like me who travels all over and, and, and you as well, like that covers the fight game week in, week out. Right. It was a little nice to have a, a, a time off, but I'm ready to go. I want boxing back. Let's figure out a way to make it happen, of course, when it's safe. I uh, want current one of the many fights that took a, a hit uh, that's not going to be happening in the summer is Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder. The trilogy will not be happening July 18th. I didn't think it was going to happen then uh, to begin with, but we know it won't be happening in July. We're looking maybe uh, later uh, in, in 2020. Let's talk a little about who this benefits the most. Well, I think it definitely benefits Deontay Wilder in a big, big, big way. I think this, for him, is a blessing in disguise. He got knocked out. He had the first loss of his career. I don't think it would have been the right move to get right back in there in July without making the changes that need to be made. There's going to be a lot of changes that need to be made in terms of training camp, in terms of the looking at what worked, what didn't, from a mental aspect. When you've had success for so many years, he's 34 years old. He's never lost. He started boxing at 18, right? He has to take a moment to take that in and and, and look at the psychological impacts. And if you look at the psychological impacts, that plays to Tyson Fury, who has the mental health issues. And I actually think this is disastrous for him. Uh, And I know that you agree with me, right, Dan? Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I agree with Deontay Wilder, too. I think in a way he can maybe take a, 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 a step back and kind of reassess I don't know if it benefits him in the ring, sort of say, because I don't think uh, fighters that take immediate rematches, they it never it never pans out well for them. Uh, but uh, I, that's a story for another day. As for Tyson Fury, I think a lot of people can relate to this is we're all stuck in our houses. We're all facing uh, th- this this global pandemic in a ways that we've never seen before. I mean, if guys, people, not just guys, everyone that uh, suffers from, from mental health issues or anything, this could create mental health issues. It, you, you give up your life, your normalcy, things start to, to, to happen. Things Bad things start to happen. We don't want that to happen with Tyson Fury. We know uh, the story about him and everything he's gone through when he reached the mountaintop. He just reached the mountaintop last month, and now he's at home uh, without a gym. And I, he posted something on social media. It was kind of funny. He did like a, he, he titled it, Tyson Fury Addresses the Nation, because he's now the, one of the spokespeople uh, for all of the UK. But he talked about, if I don't have a gym, I'll lose it. And I thought that was very telling when he said that in there. And he showed he has a treadmill in there. He has, uh, you know, some some weights. I think that Tyson Fury has to stay active because we know what happens if he has a lot of time on his hands. It's not a good thing for Tyson Fury. It, he talked about that on the show that I produced that you were on. It was called Countdown Wilder Fury. He said his mood, Tyson Fury's mood is actually linked to if he can get his exercise in. So we hope for his sake that he gets his exercise in. If you look at what was he doing before the Wilder rematch, remember, we've talked about this many times. He was recording music. He was fighting in WWE. We thought that was crazy. Look at yeah, what happened in the fight. That was the right thing to do for him because he was staying active and him staying active is a good thing for him. So let's hope that whatever he's doing now, he can continue to do that during this quarantine period. But it is dangerous for Tyson Fury, unfortunately. Yeah, it is dangerous for everybody, but it looks like he has a gym set up in there. I don't haven't heard much from Wilder. Maybe he'll change his tune about, you know, come to grips with why he lost. It wasn't because of the costume. It wasn't because of you know, the, 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 this, that, and the other, maybe he'll look into the mirror and say, you know what, I have to be better. And I, I think he's going to come out swinging. We talked about this in our past show. I think Wilder is going to come out and take the fight uh, to Fury. I think that's his only path to victory. Hopefully we see this fight. We don't even know where we're going to see it. Will we see it uh, in the U.S.? Will we see it over in the overseas? Fights are being discussed to be happening 
in places we never even dreamed about, doing fights on barges. I mean, the fight slaughter in the <laughs> waters. My commenter said yesterday, put, I mean, you have Dana White coming out saying crazy things. So it's a lot of moving parts, but we just know that that fight between Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder trilogy is not going to be happening in July. And uh, I think both guys can benefit from it. One of the fights that we hope to see later this year, Canelo versus Triple G3, the trilogy. So let me ask you this, Dan. Does Gennady Golovkin have a shot in this third fight? I know a lot of people don't think that Gennady Golovkin has a shot in the third fight. We just talked about how uh, if you take a rematch, this one isn't immediate. Uh, it's not going to turn out well for you. But that's different because Deontay Wilder got completely blown out in the second fight with Tyson Fury. You can make a case that Gennady Golovkin won the second fight or at least won the first fight, and the second one was very close. I gave the edge uh, to Canelo. But, of course, Triple G has a shot uh, in this third fight because he's Gennady Golovkin, and he's a very good fighter. I also think he has a shot. If this fight takes place at 168 pounds, as we know, Gennady Golovkin is uh, 38 years old. It's a lot harder for him to get down to 160. To do this fight at 168, that's going to be in a total advantage uh, for, for Gennady Golovkin. I also think that he's a guy that that uh, will is – like you talked about before as well, has a new trainer, Jonathan Banks. This gives him a little more time to work on some things. I don't know exactly what he could work on at this point, but I think when it comes to training for with with Banks, it wasn't so much uh, what he's doing in the ring. It was maybe, you know, up tempo. That's something you can still work on uh, in, in the gym or work on in, in your home gym. But, of course, I'm giving Gennady Golovkin a, a really good shot uh, in this fight with Canelo Alvarez. I think Gennady Golovkin definitely has a shot. I think it's going to be a very close fight with Canelo the third time around, and I'll tell you why. Here's the case for Triple G. So if you look at Triple G's record, he's 41-1, and one, okay? 30, 35 of those 40 wins were by knockout, okay? What are those one and one, those two blemishes? The draw with Canelo and the loss to Canelo. If you look at the draw... Right, that was the, the that was the first fight that that a lot of people thought Gennady won. I thought Gennady won that by a couple rounds. If you toss out Adelaide Bird's wide scorecard for Canelo, that fight could have gone either way. If you look at the second fight, one of the scorecards uh, was a draw, and then it was one fifteen, one thirteen for Canelo. Again, that's we're talking about one round. So if you look at the way judging is done in boxing, if one of those rounds were for Gennady. He may have a win in one of those fights, and we would be looking at this totally differently. It wouldn't be like, oh, Gennady hasn't been able to beat Canelo. It would have been a totally different thing, and we would be saying this is a 50-50 fight. I think that's closer to the reality. The reason I don't think it's fully a 50-50 fight is, of course, we know father time is undefeated, and Gennady Golovkin, 37 years old. He's eight years older than Canelo, who is obviously in his prime. But if you have to look at motivation, I mean – Gennady Golovkin has everything to win in this fight. He wants to upset the apple cart, take out one of the top pound-for-pound fighters. Canelo Alvarez, it's more like a, it's like a grudge. Like, oh, do I have to fight this guy again? I already yeah. did what I, I already beat him. So well, we I know why Gol- he's fighting Golovkin's him. more motivated. We know why Canelo is, is fighting. He didn't want to fight him, but they upped the, the financial package for him. He's ready, guaranteed to make 30, 35 million per fight. John Skipper and DeZone had to up that just to get him in the ring uh, with Golovkin. I think if the fight place takes place at 168, more time off for Golovkin because he was just in that brutal war with uh, Derevichenko. Uh, I think that, that, yeah, Triple G has a, a better shot than a lot of people are giving him. And I also think we're all going to be watching it. That's another thing to come out of this. And people were like, I don't want to see Triple G Canelo the third time. I think now in this post-world uh, that we're living in, post-corona world, Triple G Canelo is going to be a very great thing to watch. 
Current trend, I think we're going to start to see as we get uh, the days go on in the boxing world. We saw it last week, or the days are all blending together. One of the days uh, over these last uh, 10 days, uh, Triple G Canelo was given a date in September 12th. I don't know if that's even you know ironclad, but I think we're going to see more promoters put out dates, or not dates, more announce fights, not a date or a venue. Just say that, listen, we have agreed to this fight. Something to give the fans to look forward to, something to give the fighters to look forward to. Uh, at least that's something positive we can take from this. Absolutely. I mean, there's no reason not to at least put up matchups, tentative matchups, give us something to look forward to, right? Give people reasons to keep their subscriptions. Um, If you look at Dana White in the UFC, right? He's saying Khabib versus Tony is still going to happen in April, right? He says, we're going to find a venue. So you don't necessarily have to take it that far and say it's going to be on this day, but at least give us these matchups, right? Just make it make it interesting for us. Of course, I think yesterday on Boxing Scene, we saw Ch- uh, Charlo versus Lara, something that's being – we're going to see more rumors. I think those are the rumors you see, I think, are the fights that I, I think have a handshake agreement. Uh, you know, uh, Chocolatito with a rematch w- with Estrada. You're seeing a lot of names being thrown. Obviously, Wilder and Fury, uh, that's going to happen at, at some point uh, later on in the year. I think that the promoters now are getting crafty. Uh, they can't exactly put on fights, but they're going to go ahead and, and talk. I mean, these guys know that they can't just sit around and be idle. There's no way that Eddie Hearn right now is sitting uh, at home and just not thinking about business and not thinking about how we can get up and running once again. I think boxing fans want it. They want to hear something. They want to hear some chatter. So why not some of the fights that you guys were talking about or have it on your on your uh, dry erase board at your office at Matchroom, why not just say, hey, you know what? We're talking about this fight, and it's they're going to fight. I have a handshake deal, but we just don't know when and where. Yeah, I mean, it's good for us as fans because it keeps us interested. It's good for fighters, too. Like you said, I mean, these guys are going to get antsy, right? They're just sitting there training. It's like, who are you training for? What is the title opportunity? Who's the opponent, right? You want to give fighters the motivation as well. So I think that's important. There's no real downside. The other thing is, to your point about promoters, a lot of times when promoters have to make matchups, right? It's like, well, let me first get through my big pay-per-view this month, and then I can come to the negotiating table and really focus on all the legal stuff that goes into making a contract. Well, right now there's no live events. So really the only thing promoters can be doing is looking at other promoters and saying, hey, let's work together. So hopefully that does lead into bigger matchups. Yeah, you'd like you'd like to think so. And, and talking to Regis program yesterday, and this I don't know if this exactly fits into this topic, but it, it, it kind of does. And he says that, you know, I have this date with, with Hooker or they're going to tell me when the date is. When do, can I start a training camp? How long is my training right. camp going to be? How compromised is a training camp going to be? I think a lot of sports are dealing with that, too, right now. So with the NBA, say they start their season back up. Are they going to play a week of games before they get right to the playoffs or are they going to go right into the playoffs? Same thing with Major League Baseball. Major, I think Major League Baseball is, is one that you need. Uh, spring training is the reason why spring training is six weeks long because you have to build up arm strength and pitchers. You have to make sure the timing is down for hitters. How does that translate in, into the boxing world? You can't just say, hey, we're open for business now with fights in May and throw a guy into the ring who's been sitting on his couch or has been working out in, in his garage. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how, what it looks like moving forward. Is the quality of fights going to be less uh, because they don't have a, a full training camp? No, exactly. That's exactly it. Because they may be training at home. That's not the same as working with trainers, cut mans in the gym every day, sparring. It's totally different. So it might be once this is all over now, eight week training camp starts and then fights happen. Who's the guy who fought Kovalev the last Anthony Yard? He says he never spars, but he's one guy that uh, is going to benefit the most because he's 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 ready to go. He's ready to go. He's just running on the treadmill just like us. I got an exercise bike to my left. You can't see it. I'm ready. I'll get into the ring. I don't I don't need a, a, a training camp. Let's go. Dan, I'm going to ask you an interesting question here. Uh, what is the date here? March 25th. 
What is the fight of the year so far? Oh, God. So I was looking up, you know, what could be possibly the fight of the year uh, three yeah. months into a year and going on two weeks with no boxing. Please, we need boxing to come back because some of the it's a grim list. It's very grim. I mean, obviously, oh, Wilder yeah. Fury was the event of the year because uh, it's only been three months in and that was a fight that was heavily anticipated. We saw some he- uh, movement in the heavyweight division, but I'm going a little off the board here. I mean, I don't have many options to go with. Brian Perella versus Abel Ramos. A fight that was exactly, uh, you know, 10 rounds or, or or nine and a half rounds of not really great action. Perella doing his thing in there. But we got drama out of that one when Abel mm-hmm. Ramos, who needed, who desperately needed a knockdown and a knockout to win, gets it with 10 seconds to go. Perella gets up, knocks him down with three seconds, and then we know our, our boy referee Jack Reese stepped in, waved off the fight shades of Chavez versus Meldrick Taylor. That right there is my fight of the year for this abbreviated 2020 i mean that was a a very interesting moment a very interesting event so you got to put that up there because there's not a huge sample size like you said we know jason rosario had the upset win over julian williams right wilder fury as you said that was in february that was a huge win for fury it was a huge moment for the heavyweight division uh adam kovnoski versus robert hellenis we were there not even that long ago that was earlier this month we were in an arena with (laughs) nine thousand other people Feels like yeah, forever ago. You know, it's I'm crazy. I mean, we we took the subways to get there. We were in the arena. I mean, it just seems like it's like a whole world ago, right? That that was totally different. I mean, I don't even know what else there is to look at. I'm sure we're missing some good fights. Uh, and, you know, the Tim Hawks of the world can can fill us in on fights that we <laughs> didn't see. Uh, but but it's it's tough, right? It, it's not a large sample size. Well, it's it's more about moments than fights because we just illustrated yeah. that. And another one is Chocolatito, I think, right now has the moment. Right. And I think if we even go on with more boxing, and I do think we are, I think we're going to have boxing, don't worry. As right. we move forward, I think that Chocolatito's win, uh, getting back his title and how he did it, I think that will uh, withhold the, 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 the hands of time or whatever you want to say here for the rest of, of the year. And that will be a moment that we'll remember at the end of the year is, is Chocolatito getting back on that horse getting his titles back, and he's in, in line for, for bigger fights. Maybe we can see that. But, yeah, you're right. Not exactly uh, the, the the biggest, uh, best competitive fights. I think that the 2020 schedule is very backloaded, and I think it's going to be even right. more backloaded with this, too. You also have to put in Caleb Plant, and he had a uh, – it was a very one-sided fight against Vincent Feigenboots, but it was a performance that showed you just how good he is. If we're talking about that, then we're really getting low on the list. I'm drawing straw. I mean, Feigenbutz. I didn't think I'd ever say his name again, but here we are. I'm in my basement recording this show. So Vincent Feigenbutz, thank you. The social distancing standing eight count. In this era of no live boxing, us boxing fans, us fight freaks, have found ourselves going to YouTube and looking up old fights, something we do when there is actual live boxing on as well. I think that's one of the greatest things about boxing. It's a very rewatchable sport. It's a, it's a sport that you depend so much on history. Current, I'll ask you, what is the most rewatchable fight of all time? Like you said, we're all at home right now. No live sports. Credit to ESPN, to Top Rank, to Fox. I've seen all of these people put up, you know, the memorable fights. They'll make a day out of it and stack the fight cards together. And I think that's great. I mean, there's so many fights that happen in recent memory. 
for me, it's Klitschko Joshua. I mean, just based on the fact that it was the event, it was the heavyweight championship of the world. We know Klitschko had lost to Fury, but he was still basically almost the lineal champ. And the way it went down, both guys getting knocked down and the comeback and all that stuff. So there's so many out there. But for me, that's the one. If I had to you know, have the clockwork orange and the, the eyedropper, that's the one that I would have on repeat. You know, it's funny when I go back and watch fights on on YouTube, I like to watch the ring walks. I like to watch the, you know, look at the crowd. And for that one, I mean, 90,000 at Wembley, the, the ring walks were outstanding. That's a big part of, of, of rewatching fights for me is the, the aura of everything. Obviously, you have to name Gotti Ward. You have to name uh, Corrales versus Castillo. You have to name those wars that everyone seems to watch. But there's other ones, too, especially of recent time. And you brought up the fact that FS1 and ESPN have been playing with, you know, anything with Pacquiao. Pacquiao, whether it was Pacquiao Thurman, uh, he's still creating uh, – fights up to this very deep you go back and watch uh, all the trilogies that Pacquiao had whether it was Marquez or fights with Eric Morales you know Barrera you go back to that but another thing that I've been tapping into and 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 something I do quite often is the HBO legendary nights I mean you were part of HBO for a very long time we got to bring that back somehow because it's not just about re-watching fights it's about reliving some of the more crazy moments in boxing, whether it was Bo Galata uh, with their brawl, whether it was the fan man with Holyfield and Bo. There are so many crazy moments in boxing, whether it's you know just really good fights or the theater of the unknown, the theater of the unexpected, like Larry Merchant would say. Oh, absolutely. The, the good thing about Legendary Nights, what it did is set up the scene, right? It brought you into the, the world at that moment, what people cared about and how the fight played into that. It wasn't, to your point, it's not just bell to bell, right? The ring walks are important. The, the outside, what's happening in training camp, what's happening in the world. And that's what makes these fights so exciting because of the storylines that we love and the characters that we love. And I also think, you know, you can also go back now during this time and go to YouTube and look at interesting moments in fight, right? Maybe the whole fight wasn't amazing, but even interesting moments. We look at Pacquiao getting knocked out by Marquez, right? What a moment that was. Uh, Amir Khan in that 10th round versus Marcos Maidana, where you said, this guy's finally got him. Somehow he stayed up. Sergio Martinez in that last round versus Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., right? I mean, these are great moments that you can go back now and relive. And to your point, if you can add the context of why it was important, it makes it even better. Well, you're a producer. You also worked at HBO. I can voice it over. Let's make our own legendary nights. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's do it, man. We got all the time in the world. <laughs> let's let's go, man. Let's do it. All right, Dan, final topic here. So I want you in all this negative news, let's look at something positive. Happy boxing stories in three words. So I'm going to give you two that just popped in my head. One is Standing Eight Count. It's a great show. If you haven't seen it, you should check it out. Number two, boxing is back. When I hear those words, I will be very happy. I know that you talked about this on Twitter. You got a lot of responses. So what, what are some of the stuff that you got on Twitter? Yeah, I put out a tweet yesterday. I said, write a happy boxing story in three words. Got flooded with responses, over 250 responses and, and still counting. Michael Buffer checked in. Uh, Sergio Mora wow. checked in. We saw Lou DiBella go in there. Nice. Uh, CompuBox even checked in. Bob Canobio says, cut me Mick. We have David Cushing says, <laughs> go for it. Rocky to Clubber in the rematch. Uh, my boy Los Laguna says, Gotti versus Ward. Lou DiBella says, ready to rumble. My boy, Jonathan Lear, Ringwalk John. Hope you're doing well, my man. Coronavirus vaccine found. That one got a, a lot That'd of that. That'd be great. Uh, Greg Domino from The Zone says, we back, baby. My guy, Alex Godinez, the ADK crew. Shout out to the ADK crew. Porter's Windsor knots. Have to agree with him there. Producer Jay is getting his <laughs> second shout out of the show. I'm so pretty with the Muhammad Ali a gift there. We have some more live boxing returns, says Fisty and Otto's podcast. My guy, Brandon Wise, who's the uh, part of the State of Combat crew. Blonde Chavez Jr. 
Gotta love that one. Uh, <laughs> Oxing Esquire, Global League Formed. I like that one as well. Michael nice. Buffer checked in. He says, Olympic gold medal. I had to retweet him and, and then say, you know, ladies and gentlemen. Because when he says ladies and gentlemen, you know yeah, it's a very big uh, a big event. A lot of guys uh, checked in uh, with fights. You know, Ty- uh, Douglas upsets Tyson. Uh, this guy tried to be smart when he said, partly, uh, partly worn gloves. I think that's a... Uh, uh, he's talking about this Tyson Fury glove thing. Have you been following that, by the way? Because I I could have been less interested. I mean, in it's it's story. it is weird when you see the video of Fury's glove kind of like this, but then people found videos of Ali who had the same thing. So who knows? Uh, real quick on your responses, a couple that I liked. I liked Home Box Office was one. I mean, I'm yeah. a little, you know, biased, but I liked that one. I really yeah. also liked someone said one sanctioning body. I mean, that yeah, was that's brilliant. I also really liked uh, the reigning defending. And the reason I like that, like you said, Michael Buffer adds so much to these fights. And I loved when he used to do reigning defending and then even go into former. So someone like Pacquiao, who has eight championships, he would read each one. I actually yeah. like that. That got me pumped up. So all of this stuff was great there because it got us excited about boxing again. Yeah, we got some more here. Jesus Soto Carras, three words. Legend. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Mark, uh, Marquez fight four. He did it, says Percy Harvin. That's that's you know what that is right. He did it. That's uh, was that Michael Moore or is George Foreman when he when he knocked out uh, Michael Moore. One of the best moments in, in all of boxing. Tyson Fury's back. Uh, it really happened. Boxing always survives. Failed drug test. World Boxing Council one sanctioning body. That's the one you you, you just yep. Chocolatito is back. Get back here. The zone is back. That was a the zone executive. He's a little biased there. Madonna humiliates Broner. <laughs> Oh, that's so many. It's Foreman KO's Mora. MMA is banned. Eight division champions. Uh, <laughs> no brain damage, says uh, Jim Sohan. I like that one. Hagler like that. was robbed. Coronavirus is gone. They have agreed. Got to like that one, too. <laughs> best fight. Best is Diego Abreu. AJ versus Klitschko. Going back to your most rewatchable fight. Rumble, young man. The reigning defending. Mick Connor redemption. There's so many on here. It's a fun thing. I'm going to try to do more and more fun stuff on, on Twitter. I'm going to keep doing more of these IG Boxing Lives. I'm trying to get Buffer on IG Boxing Live. I think that would be just tremendous. What do you That'd think? That'd be Brian? epic. That'd be epic. I hope you can get that. And if you can, you got to have him do a let's get ready to rumble. But we got to be careful that you don't get charged for using that. That's the thing. Yeah, he has the trademark. I was watching him on Hot Boxing with, with Mike Tyson. And yeah. Uh, yeah, he did that. And then he's like, Mike, I'll, I'll send you send you an invoice. Send there. you an invoice, but, uh, right? Exactly. Exactly. We're going to keep our eyes peeled to the boxing world. Uh, shout out to my boy, Otto Valin. I had him on IG Boxing Live yesterday. I did a little live stream. Uh, says that he's pretty sure he has the coronavirus. I think we're going to hear more and more uh, athletes uh, and celebrities. Not that it matters, but I mean, they make seem to make the headlines to show you about it. And I, I click on it. You know why? Because I want to hear about how their symptoms. I want to hear about how they're dealing with it. And it was nice to talk to Valin to hear what going on with him. Had a low-grade fever. His his mom was very sick in Sweden. She was in New York with him. He's, he didn't get a test done because he wanted uh, more people that are more deserving and that really needed to get it done. But then he lost his taste and smell seven days in to his self-isolation, which is just bizarre. So I think we're going to hear more and more boxing uh, people affected by, by this uh, uh, terrible pandemic. No, absolutely. And it's unfortunate. Obviously, thoughts and prayers to everyone out there. We all know the best thing we can do as boxing fans, stay home, watch the fights on YouTube, watch them on TV, don't go out there in the world, and and let's hope that we can get back to what we love, the sport of boxing, soon. Right. The sport of boxing is, is something that you wear gloves. You put gloves on. So put some gloves on. You're actually going to save lives. <laughs> go spar. You can just do everything. But, of course, stay home. I think everyone that would be beating that down. I think everyone knows out there uh, social distancing and all that. Mostly, you know, be positive. 
you know, maybe this gives us a different outlook on life. And I know this is a boxing show, so I'll keep it to that. Let's be a little more appreciative of the fighters that get into the ring and put it and give us entertainment. Let's be a little more appreciative of the, of the fights uh, that we get. Maybe complain less. I know boxing is one of the sports where you just complain nonstop because we don't get the best fighting the best. But this could be a rebirth in a way. I think it's a rebirth in life and many outside of boxing. But inside of the ring, I think at least I am going to appreciate my job, you know, being able to talk to you guys, going to fights, sitting ringside, being able to work for CompuBox with my dad and my brothers, doing this show with you, Karen. I think, uh, you know, once we, we get back to normalcy, I think we're all in life are going to you know, just take a greater appreciation of everything. I appreciate you coming on the show today. We're going to try to do these more often. We're going to try to come yep. up with eight topics that we could possibly talk to you about <laughs> boxing. I'm going to keep doing uh, more IG lives. I know you're going to do uh, interviews as well. Thank you so much for joining us here on a, a very interesting edition of Inside Boxing Live and the Standing Eight Count. We'll talk to you soon. Stay safe, everybody.